I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Yes or no, did you ever take banned substances to enhance your cycling performance? Yes. I had no prior knowledge of the planned assault on Nancy Kerrigan. I am deeply sorry for my irresponsible and selfish behavior I engaged in. Let's get into it. <clears throat> yeah. I'm Francis. This is Julio. We're back with Oops the Podcast. Fuck yeah, dude. Uh, I ran into Julio. Oh, that was fun. On the street in New York City. Well, but no, not quite. This was like a, what's the word? It's an amphibious run-in almost. Francis was in a car and I was walking. I know that that comparison doesn't quite work, but you no, know No, but I, I mean. don't hate it. Yeah, it, it, it somehow works. I don't hate it. Somehow land and sea equates right. in New York City to car and walking. <laughs> um, very, very good. It, I was driving home from a comedy show. And Julio was crossing Third Avenue. I was walking. No, no. I was walking up Third Avenue, right? No, you had just crossed in front of me. Oh, interesting. Really? That's why I, that's why I saw you. That's hilarious. You had crossed in front of my car, which was stopped at the light. <clears throat> and I, I thought, heard you at that man, that kid looks a lot like Julio. Because <laughs> you were wearing your hat and your traditional sort of, you know, baggy kind of puffy attire so dude i was wearing my cold weather coat mm. which is like not that like nice to look at and it, it's hard to wear without putting the hood up too and like once the hood is up i sort of look like a five-year-old whose mom got him ready for sledding i like can't, <laughs> i can't even put my arms at my sides uh. i'm just kind of like walking like mm. so i probably just looked like i was fucking you looked like a, a young kid a young yeah. man you know that 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 but not not in a not in a shitty way. I don't think I didn't have the impression that oh this kid looks like a shitty kid. I thought oh there's just a kid, you know. And then I thought wait a second that's very similar to the type of stuff Julia wears. And then you were it was your traditional sort of brown hat, okay, your Travis Scott lid Travis that Scott. you like to wear that I'll be wearing on the next episode. Sure. <laughs> literally yeah you're travis scott lid so you you were you crossed in front of me and then i thought okay i'm not certain if that's julio so i'm gonna roll down the window and just give one of these julio <laughs> you know and and there therefore if it's not the person that i'm yelling to won't think that i think they are julia right right, right do you know what right. i mean yes, you're kind of just throwing it out into the ether Hedging your bets a you're, little bit. You're casting a line into the ocean with no idea if the fish are even biting. <laughs> you're just you're just there on the pier thinking, you know, we may not strike gold here, but and keep casting. But it, we could. And then I still wasn't even sure that it was you, but I thought I have to know. So I started yelling louder. Yeah. And I yelled it about four or five times. I was wondering how many times you had yelled A it. lot of times. Yeah. More times than was comfortable. Because, yeah, I only heard it on the last two. Yeah. and the, the, You the, had headphones in. So, the, yes, the guy who walked by me, though, and also this hood is very sort of like noise canceling as well. It's so like that device that Professor Charles Xavier used to locate <laughs> mutants. Exactly. Cerebro. Exactly. Yeah. So, so this guy walked by me. This guy walked by me who did not look like the way that Julio sounded. And I was like, is it possible that that was that guy? So I turned around and looked at him. 
Yeah. And then I was like, oh, I guess not. I must be hearing things. I continued walking, heard it again, and then I looked to the right, and there you were. Then, but then you took then you took your earbud out because then you went, what? What's going on? I know. <laughs> What's going on here? And I was in the car, but then the light had changed, so I had this panic moment of. Am I just going to confuse Julio and then drive off oh, yeah. without him ever realizing who it was that was yelling, that was hailing him? <laughs> there you were, my knight in shining armor. Yeah, and, and I pulled over, and uh, we, you said hello, and then I said, uh, what are you up to, blah, blah, blah. And I, and I, said, I said, can I give you a ride home? Yeah. And you turned me down. I know, I know. Because you like to walk. No, I want, dude, I hadn't done anything that day, and I actually, I had walked to Soho for a show. And then I walked, I was walking back from Soho. Wow. So I had it in my brain, like, I'm going to walk because I haven't done anything today. Like, I've been sitting in my house. So, like, it wasn't a snub, but, like, I truly mm. was walking. It's amazing. Um, you know, I was talking to Mark Normand, who has a, has a good body. I don't know if you know that. He's gotten, like, very sneakily ripped He's over the years. He's got a good body, Mark yeah. Normand. A lot of people don't know that. And I said, what do you do for fitness? Mark Norman's a comedian, if you don't know. Um, and he sort of said... I do, I wake up and I do 70 push-ups and then I do 50 squats and then I do 20 pull-ups on scaffolding every day and I walk everywhere. That's it. Yeah. That's it. And it, it makes you realize, you know, if you live in New York City you and you commit to walking everywhere, you can be in pretty good shape. So I don't believe him. I'm calling Mark Norman out on this because I've asked him this question too. And he gave me some like equally whimsical answer. He was like, eh, just a lot of crunches. And I was like, okay, dude. Like, I think he has a, I bet he has a personal trainer. Really? Yeah. You're I, calling, calling bullshit. you're calling fish on Mark Norman. Dude, P.S. You know, Mark Norman did the Lil Young Big podcast. That's funny. <laughs> and I believe that, which you know, don't go looking for it. I took it off. I took it down. It's not, I didn't think it was very good. Anyway. But I think we talked about that on Lil Young Big as well, and he dodged the question as well. So I've heard multiple answers from him on this topic. Well, it is possible that his workout regimen has changed. Yeah, no, for sure. 100%. You know, if you asked me seven years ago, what do you do for a workout? My, my, my answer would be very different than today. So what you just said, though, sounds fairly comprehensive. Like, I believe that yeah, if you're actually doing all that. It's a very specific lie. Yeah, no, I know. If that's what he's yeah. going for. <laughs> totally. It sounds like maybe you got the goods and I got the reach around. Yeah, or you know. again, just to play devil's advocate, uh, his workout has changed. I know, but dude, he was already in very good shape. There's no shot all he was doing is crunches. You can't be cr do just do crunches and be like ripped like that. Yeah, that sounds like his answer early on was was a gloss over. But right. but now I do think that if you ate right and you did just that every day and walked all over the place, you could be in very good shape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could. Um, so anyway, Julio turned me down. He didn't want the ride and I, I went, someone started honking. So he gave me the classic Julio sign off. He said, you got to go do, do your thing. Do your thing. I say that. Yeah. You say that. That's how you, whenever we're on a phone call, if, if I say, oh shoot, I got to run or something, you go, 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 do your thing. Do your thing. <laughs> I don't want to like, but I just felt bad because I know it's stressful to be honked at. So I didn't want to like allow us to sit there and have you be honked at. Yeah, I was I blocking the turn onto, I don't know, 12th Street, 10th Street, something like that. I was like, dude, I know for sure we will catch up. Guys, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, fill in the blanks here. If I were in a concert right now, and I said, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, I'd then turn the microphone to all of you sitting in the stadium, and you would all yell, anchor, anchor. And then you'd say, go to anchor.fm to download the software 
where you could host your very own podcast, see all the best analytics. You could see it in a way that was really user-friendly and nice and not too technical and industry jargony. It's a way that any person can look at it and be like, ooh, that's pretty. And also it's our podcast. And you, there's no minimum listenership required to advertise and monetize. So you can immediately have ads when you hit the ground running. It's really exciting, really spectacular. If you want to start your very own podcast, anchor.fm, download it now. But this is a good segue into this next point that I wanted to bring up, which is that I was on a, a phone call with my mom. Mm -hmm. And I called my mom to just say hi and catch up. And she was in the car driving with my dad. And they had me on speakerphone. And we were having a conversation. And, you know, wasn't really going anywhere. It was pretty listless. There was no point. Mm -hmm. And after a certain amount of time, my dad, I overheard my dad say to my mom, and I don't know why he thought I wouldn't hear this because they're on speakerphone. He goes, you got to let him go. <laughs> As if he had sensed we were, they were now holding me, <laughs> holding me back. And I said, no, what? I want to talk to you guys. And, and, and they said, oh, oh, well, you know, we, we know you've got, it's a bit of middle of a work day and you got a lot going on. And I had, I had this, deep feeling of sort of shame and sadness that my parents felt like I couldn't afford them five, 10 minutes of my day to talk on the phone, even if we weren't talking about anything. Mm -hmm. And that's something that you just did as I well. I do that. It's funny you say that because I thought of what my parents do to me when you described what I do to you. <laughs> there you go. Do you think, do you think? You know, Aziz has a new special out. I know, I know. I really liked it. Really? I really liked it. On Netflix, 29 minutes. First of all, the length is ideal. I hope that becomes the new paradigm because that is so much more achievable for me <laughs> as a comedian than an hour. Mm -hmm. um, there was a moment in it, though, and he had this in his previous special as well, where he sort of inserted this, this lump of emotion about our relationship with our parents and he said that with our phones, we become so distracted. Back when he had a smartphone, he's now switched to a flip phone. Yeah. To sort of clean Which up his like life. Which is like true. He like actually, yeah. yeah and crazy. he showed it. He proved it. Um, but he said, uh, you know, my mom called me one day and we were talking and she said, are you not listening to me? What are you doing right now? And he was scrolling the internet for some meaningless bullshit article. And... It's so true, man. I mean, if I can offer something, which I'm going to work on myself, I got a new New Year's resolution. Oh, wow. A February New Year's resolution. Never too which late, Which is that baby. when I'm on the phone with my parents, I'm not going to be doing anything else on my phone. That's nice. I always put them on speakerphone, and, you and then oftentimes I'll, you know, do the crossword puzzle or whatever it is. No more. That's nice. I want to talk to my parents. That's nice. I want them to know how much I value them while I'm on the phone with them. That's and good. I don't want them thinking, oh, we, we got to let him go. Our time is up. Mm. We only get five minutes with the king. <laughs> it's bullshit. Um, yeah, dude, that's very nice. That's and a do, nice. Do you know why? Because they always have time for us. That's true. And even if they were to run out of time, they would make a point to call us back later that day. That is true. Anyway. Hopefully, at least. Yeah. That's nice, man. That's a nice, I think that's a nice initiative. Yeah, I think that's a good one. So like, yeah, when I do that to you, I I don't feel like I've been wa like wasting your time though. I'm just kind of like, I'm doing it as a courtesy. I'm like, no, dude, like, yeah. don't even worry. Don't even think twice about it. Like, go do your thing. You got stuff to do. 
I appreciate it. I appreciate that. I, I do the same thing. Um, um, but that is funny. Do my parents have done that to me too, where they forget that like I can, they think that if they whisper while I'm on speakerphone with them, they won't be able to hear. <laughs> like I'll say something that annoys my dad and I'll, I've heard him like lower his tone and then like, not tone, what his volume and say something like in Italian to my mom. Oh, And I'm like, dude, I, first of all, I know what you're saying. Second of all, I can also fucking hear you. Like, are you serious? Wow. Like, why do you, and even if I didn't understand what you're saying, <laughs> I hear, I hear the way you're saying what you're saying and I can fucking hear you. And he, and he gets, he gets, he gets embarrassed. Uh-huh. He's like surprised. I'm like, dude, <laughs> Jesus. Wait, first of all, I didn't know your mom was also fluent in Italian. My parents are both immigrants. I guess I did know that. No. Yeah, what am I saying? I knew that. And your Italian is pretty damn good? Not really, but like if they're talking, I like know what they're saying. Could you say something that's not basic to me right now in Italian? Yeah, but it's like embarrassing. Like I, I like embarrass yourself. No, I don't I, I don't want to. Unburden yourself. No, dude, I seriously, it's like awkward. Hey, Julio, um I'm trying to order some spaghetti. Dude, dude I did this I probably it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. I'll let you go. Do your thing. My girlfriend does it. (laughs) That's good. That's good. That's good. My girlfriend does this to me too. And like, I, you know, she'll like get me to say phrases. I'm not acting like my Italian is good at all. It's not. But like, you know, when people are talking to me and shit, when people are talking to me, I like can understand what they're saying, you know? Chris, Chris, you got some Chris, Italian? No, Chris for us? relates to this. Chris's family's Chris, Italian you too. You got some Italian? We should brush up on our Italian and then we could talk shit about them while they're here. That would be <laughs> hilarious. Mm. Here's something. Ready? Dove va via nazionale? <laughs> Where wow. is via nazionale? Yeah. yeah. That's, a, that's a question I learned by heart because when I was in Florence, mm. when I was a, just after my senior year of high school, I went with my high school buddies on a Euro trip with a Eurail pack. We went backpacking. Sick. And um, we were in Florence and we had no idea how to get back to our youth hostel. And it was on Via Nazionale. So I committed that question to memory. Yeah, yeah. Dude. We would go to the, the the bars and the clubs and then just walk home with no idea how to navigate the labyrinthine streets of Firenze. Yeah, dude, it's a good town. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, dude, like... It's it's I have like a troubled relationship with that. I mean, dude, when I fucking go over there, I like I get pretty solid pretty fast. Mm. But like, I'm just sort of like self conscious about it. Like, mm. I've gone too far with like being bad at it, where it's like I, it's gonna take me a couple steps to come on the pod and start ripping I hear fire you. and shots. At you. I think I think you have to also know that people want to hear you speak Italian because everyone gets excited when they know that someone speaks a foreign language. But I don't, dude. Like, I'm not acting like I do, but you're right. I get it. It's that. not that they're trying to humiliate you. They right. just want to hear it for themselves. Right, right. It's like uh, hearing music if someone has a musical talent or something. Totally. But there, there are times when people are annoying about it. Like, I had a friend who spoke Portuguese and, like, if she got a call from somebody that she had to speak Portuguese to, like you could tell she was like, it was as if the curtains had just opened and she was, Oh, really? Like all that fucking like, whatever, whatever Portuguese, Portuguese. whatever. (laughs) She sounds like she didn't know it as well as we thought she did. (laughs) If that was her. But, but my point being like, she's just carrying on. I'm like, dude, this is so annoying. I hear you. I hear you. I would have thought that sounded more like Japanese. What, dude? <laughs> Did you hear his impression of Portuguese? 
dude, I just whatever she was doing. That we was, finally got Julio to speak a foreign language, and it's one that he knew less than Italian. I wasn't saying any actual Portuguese. <laughs> I was just making sounds. They just sounds. Oh, uh, you know I mean? Yeah, I know. yeah. Um, I can do a little Portuguese. Falo portuguesa. That's good. That means, do you speak uh, Portuguese? That's very good. <laughs> very good. Yeah. Uh, parlo italiano, ma non bene. I, yeah. speak, I speak Italian, but not very well. That's yeah. yeah. I mean, that's all I know how to say. That's good. It's good. Very good. Uh, all right. Well, good stuff. That's Soup's <laughs> podcast. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Plenty more. Plenty more to get into. Guys, we have a book recommendation for you of all things. It's called Thanks for the Ride. It's a comedic book of short stories by a brand new author named Carlos Osuna. Carlos hit us up. And we both took a look at this book, read some of the short stories, and we've really been enjoying them. He's from uh, San Antonio, Texas. He has an absolute diehard love for stand-up comedy and comedians. And uh, this is sort of his love letter to that. Yeah, and it's it's very funny. Like yeah. It's kind of like a combination of funny thoughts and short stories with like different characters, whatever. Like He literally even has a segment called Life of a Cockroach mm. that's like pretty hilarious and mm -hmm. creative. I would argue that like, it's a very super, it's like a super creative mm -hmm. undertaking. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just like go for it and let it rip. Like he, he even has one story that's about drinking Bud Lights in a bar with God. That's pretty funny. Uh, and then like even a heart-wrenching father-son drama kind of tossed in there as well. Yeah. Um, so our man Carlos is writing all sorts of funny and interesting stories and pieces. You can check it out on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. Uh, the link is also in his bio uh, on Instagram at Carlos Osuna BMT. That's C-A-R-L-O-S-O-S-U-N-A-B-M-T. Check it out. Let us know what you think. Here's something, and I'm sure you have a lot for me, but I like to dump on you up front. Oh, good. So I had to go pick up, well, here's something that happened. This is in keeping with the conversation we had on the last episode about trying to reel in your spending and resist the temptation to purchase something that you see and immediately want. Mm -hmm. So Sierra and I, we were here last weekend and there was nothing going on. I mean, nothing. Our, our, our days were completely empty. And so we went to our favorite, uh, we, we, we decided to go to Restoration Hardware's mm -hmm. outlet store, nice. which is something that we have a, a pension for doing. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Industry City? Studio know. City? What's the one that's in L.A. and what's the one that's in Brooklyn? Sunset Park. Right. Studio City's in L.A. So then it's it's also known as Industry City. Okay. That's where all those huge, massive warehouses are that they've converted into big outlet stores. It's also where the Brooklyn Nets practice. Mm, interesting. There's some cool stuff down there. It's kind of weird. It's I'm only... I, I remember... A fragment of this from when you went and got your couch there. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, you can find some gems at that restoration hardware outlet if you go at the right time. So we went in there, and we found uh, we've been looking for a, a coffee table to replace the one that I've had for eight or nine years, which was passed, which my parents gave to me when they got rid of their furniture. That you know, so this was. Something that just didn't even fit in our apartment. You remember the, the did you see the new coffee table? I don't know if I, did I? But how long have you had it? Less than a week. Uh, so I would not have seen it last you, time? Correct. Okay, I need to check. The to. new one, the old one was that wooden one that was very yeah, high. I remember that. So it was a lot higher than the couch. So this is a new one? So, it, but it didn't, it was, the old one didn't fit, but it was just what we had. So we, we stuck with it for a full year. Okay. 
and it was the last sort of piece of that we needed to replace once we moved into our new apartment. And so finally, Sierra convinced me we should really try to find a replacement for it. We went to Restoration Hardware just to browse, just to browse. And of course, we walked in and found instantly the perfect coffee table. <laughs> and, you know, it was one that had a, a flaw because it, it's marble. It's a marble slate on a sort of a metal frame. But the marble is glued to a big piece of wood and the glue had not been done properly and it had become loose. So you had to slide a little bit of uh, almost a, I don't know, a chip of wood in to prevent it from wobbling. Uh, Imagine you're at a table at an outdoor cafe, your table's wobbling, the waiter or the waitress comes by with a little thing to prevent it from happening. That's what we had to do. Can but, you like re-glue it or something? Is that an option? I don't know if we have the the wherewithal to do that. But because of this flaw, it had been marked down 60%, then 70%, and then 80%. So it was 80% off from its listed price. That's crazy. And we we bought it. Nice. And um this thing weighs 10,000 pounds. Because <laughs> the marble? I don't even know. I mean, what is marble made of? Black holes? <laughs> how, how, how could something so not thick be so heavy? What is it made of? Isn't it just made of marble? Dude, it Isn't is the marble, marble bullshit on earth. Why is marble so heavy? It's arrogantly heavy. How do they prepare it? Because it just looks like a rock normally, right? And then you have to like fucking excavate it yeah i think so <laughs> you have to fucking exp- marble is cool i will give you that a marble countertop at a, in a kitchen is is really nice yeah. um it's very italian of you dude. and you can and you can change it you know so you, you get can a parakeet get all- <laughs> and you'll be fucking <laughs> then you'll be francesco um so, so this so okay so you know this thing is super heavy so we can't we're, we're there with our sedan and which is not big enough to bring. Was the, it almost big enough? Like, did you try? I wanted to. I really wanted to. I'm a guy who wants to get everything done as quickly as possible, even if it's much harder. Yeah. Same. Rather than go home and come back the next day with a bigger car, or some stupid or God forbid, rent a moving company to bring it for us for an extra few hundred bucks. But we came back. Sierra finally convinced me that we couldn't fit this marble in because if the marble cracks, then you're done for. Interesting. It's very delicate, these these slates sense, of marble, yeah. you know? And if we go over a bump, the thing doesn't fit that well in the car, we're going to, there goes our investment. These are final sales. Yeah. So we came back. We've, we've met some new friends in the building. I think I've told you. Very cool yes, friends. Yes. Very cool friends. We like these people a lot. Very fun. They have a truck. I asked him if I could borrow wow, his truck. Wow, look at that. Community living. Yeah, he let me borrow his truck. And I had to go the next day alone back to Restoration Hardware to fetch the marble table. Now, first of all, when was the last time you drove a big pickup truck? Never. I don't think I ever have drove a big truck. Dude, it is awesome. Really? You think you are driving a tank. <laughs> you think you're driving a full-blown tank. That's great. People don't mess with you. You want to you wanna merge? They're letting you in. Right. There's nothing they can do. Nobody's cutting you off. 
it's a totally different driving experience. <laughs> uh, it's like driving a, on while you're riding on top of a pit bull. <laughs> Can I add something to this? Yeah. Dude, when we, I shot something in Pennsylvania, I briefly talked about it, a, a town that only had three people living there. Uh, and one of the places we were going to go knock on people's doors and ask them for an interview. And the guy who was the producer, uh, we saw one house that had a pickup truck in the driveway and this pickup truck was like camouflage mm. and like, it wasn't like your typical pickup truck, but he made the joke to me. He's like, dude, I'm not even joking. When we do shoots, like if there's a situation like this where we need to like see if people want to talk, if they have a pickup truck, we just don't even ask. Oh, wow. And I was like, whoa. So then when I like did whatever road trip I was doing, I was like, I should fucking do this in a pickup truck to change the narrative mm. of like pickup truck drivers. So we're approachable guys, dude. <laughs> you know? Also, that's what if, I picture you with you driving. And around. if you were in a pickup truck, the people who have pickup trucks might be more willing to speak to you. Yeah. Like you're part there of the is club. A, there is. Yeah, exactly. There's a, Oh, this guy's one of us. He gets it. <laughs> do you know that? Um, and you, you have to put your hand on it and rub it like it's a dog. Yeah. When you get yeah, out, you're like, yeah. Pat it. <laughs> Yeah, spend with me for a while. Uh, well, no, but I mean, I was going to say, I, I think this is true. And here comes another unverified Oops the Podcast fact. <laughs> a Snapple fact. The Ford F-150 accounts for some enormous percentage of Ford's total car sales. Mm -hmm. That makes sense to me. Can you look that up, Ryan? Um, and... Uh, the new thing that they're coming out with Ford they're because they're making an electric version of their F-150 the coolest thing about it this is what I was told by my dad is who, that who is the tech he is a tech guy. and EV yeah guy um, is that the battery in the new Ford F-150 electric vehicle is so powerful that if you lose power at your house you can use it as a generator Whoa, for your house that's sick which is amazing. That's and even great, better for like people on ranches who like maybe need that. Dude, do you know how many the times generator we, goes we down? lost power at my house growing up? I bet, it was yeah. very common. My house too. And it would get so dark. Yeah. Because we were down this long driveway and then we had power lines that would come down. Tree, you know, storm, tree would fall on the power line. The power company would do their best, but you know, they had so much going on. There's so many trees falling down. And we would just be without power for, for days. And finally we got a generator, but it was gas powered. So it could, uh, only, yeah. it could only keep, you know, your fridge on and like two or three lights. And that was it. And so to have an F-150 would be cool. What do you got? So there's no percentages, but the, uh, I know it's their best selling car. It's, it's the best selling pickup truck in America. Yeah. And the only comparison I can have is to number two, which is the Ram pickup. Ram sold 540,000 units in 2021. And Ford sold seven hundred twenty thousand, so cool. one hundred eighty thousand more. Yeah. Thank you, Daddy Fact Check. Yeah, very cool, <laughs> very cool. I mean, the F one fifty is as much of a staple of America as, as anything. I would say totally. You know, and it, it just has so much utility. Like you see, and you know, not to just fucking talk about driving around the country the whole episode, but like when you drive out west or when you go to these places that are more open and stuff, like you very quickly understand the utility. Even where I'm from, like yeah, it was more rural, like people that pick up trucks and like they use them you know yeah totally yeah totally i mean driving this truck i thought this is a true piece of equipment this is not just a it was a pickup yeah the, it was, the one I, no it wasn't an f-150 i think it was a uh, i think it was a chevy okay 
What's their Silverado? Truck? Yeah, I think it is the Silverado. Yeah, I think that's what I brother. was. In. I mean, these <laughs> things are huge. You're yeah. so high off the ground. Sick. That it's it's just a completely different experience. That's like very badass to have that car in Brooklyn. They're, yeah, those people must do well. They're cool people. They're really cool. So um, he Sick. lent me his truck. I drove to Restoration Hardware. I got the got this stupid table, and one sales associate. Th- 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 this is how heavy this was. They had texted me. Restoration Hardware texted me and said, "Any chance you can come before two p.m.?" We only have because because after that we're only going to have one guy who can help you. Oh wow! And we don't think that's enough. Now, sure enough, you know we put they put this thing on a little dolly. We rolled it down the ramp, and two of us did it no problem. They were underestimating you, bro. The pipes. Speaking yeah. of which, oh, we finish the story, but then we yeah, got to measure. We, we in. should do a re-up. Should we do it every week? Yeah. Okay. By the way, Hillary thought we were talking about our <laughs> penises, you. dude. What's that? Hillary was like, it sounded like you guys were measuring each other's penises. Oh heavens! <laughs> I was like, oh, she goes, what's a python? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, it's an arm. She well, goes, you know. No, I guess it makes sense. Serpent is definitely like a penis. Yes. Uh, uh, I've, uh, my my trouser snake is how is right, the, is right. the way I know. Right. You have to specify that it lives in the trousers <laughs> rather than in the shirt. Uh, so we rolled it down, and then I decided to put the marble slate in the back seats of the truck. Okay. Not in the bed. Oh, wow. Because I was worried about it cracking, and I felt that if it if it were on the seats, it would be more cushioned. And then I put the frame in the in the bed, and then the marble was resting on the seats, and it would go forward into the headrests. And then when I accelerated, it would flip back against the back headrests, the back Gra- seat. Gradually or kind of quickly. So I had to reach back and hold it. Uh... So I'm driving now on the BQE with one hand <laughs> in my big old truck. And I got my other hand on this 14,000 pound marble slate. <laughs> and every time I accelerate, the slate's so heavy that it pulls me back into the seat. So I'm moving with this thing. And it was not fun. And it just made me very mad at Sierra. For not coming? For not coming, for making us get this, this new... You didn't want to get it? I, I did, but I could have done without it. Got it. And so I'm just driving the whole way and I'm just steaming, steaming, <laughs> you know, you ever you, you, like you ever be in a bad situation and just need someone to blame, even though objectively it's not their fault. Yes. yes. Yeah. So we, I finally got home, brought it up and, you know, said, you know, this is what I just went through. That was not an easy task. <laughs> and she gave me a hug and basically said, you know, they're there. Thank you, baby. Shut up. <laughs> and uh, all was well. And the new table looks amazing. So that's. That's the story. Worked out. Dude, I get a lot of anxiety driving other people's cars. Sure. And granted, I've like made, to a degree, like I'm alive still because I've been able to do it. Like I, if people ask me if I can do the road and if I have a car, I just like, where I used to live, they would let me borrow their cars. So like I've driven other people's cars regularly and thank God, you know, nothing so far has really happened. Maybe a couple flat tires here and there, but nothing too crazy. But like, uh, it's super stressful. Mm-hmm. And dude, it's funny. Like I, two of their cars were our Jeeps, like, uh, you know, the traditional little, mm-hmm. and I don't know if you guys know about this, but like Jeeps have this problem where they will convulse. Like, mm-hmm. like Jeep Wranglers have this problem where we used to call it, we used to call it a couple of things, but we call it like the earthquake or like 
and nobody who hasn't experienced it could possibly know what it's like. But it's as if your car starts having a seizure mm. and it starts shaking back and forth violently. And Jeez. like you need to pretty much pull over. And dude, it's happened to me in some of the most embarrassing possible situations, including when I was driving for people who brought me on the road. And I think that potentially like one time I was with fucking Rachel Feinstein and it started happening. And like, I think she was like very rattled. I yeah. felt very bad about it. She's like, this is not safe to drive this car. W were like, you Fuck. just, were you overcooking it or? No, dude, like, like sometimes like we get it fixed, but like it wouldn't fix it somehow. Something with the axle or something. But like when you drive between a certain uh, speed range and you're accelerating a certain amount, it's like this perfect storm where it'll happen. Or if you hit like a really small bump, it can mm. just make it start. And it's happened to me in like embarrassing situations. Like, and it's happened in different Jeeps. They have two of them and it's happened in both of them. It used to only happen in one and then it started happening in the other. Weird. And dude, like it's happened to me in fucked up situations. Like where's another one? Like I was with Tim Timothy Chalamet's sister <laughs> driving to a gig. Is she, she a comedian? No, she was in the King of Staten Island movie. And they were all doing, uh, uh, well, we were all doing a show in Governors. Okay. And yeah. we we're kind of like carpooling. So like they all went in one car. We went in the other car. So it was like me and her and one of the, one of the other girls who was in the movie and Ricky. And the car just started doing it. And it was like so embarrassing. I'm with, the, huh. with these like young actor girls who are kind of like carefree. And like it just keeps happening. Like Ricky <laughs> thinks it's hilarious. Ricky's like cracking up. He's like. Thank God. But uh -huh, like uh -huh. we pulled over probably six times. Oh like, no. On a 40 minute drive to Long Island. Yikes. What, uh, what's up? Who is she in, in the movie? Um, I'm not actually sure. We should. She part of the stoner gang. Me. I think like the, the girlfriend girl is, was with us. I forget her name, but she, and then I don't know what, let's see. Hold on. Let's look it up. Ryan, can you look it up? How, is she is she in a lot of movies? Is she a I, I think, burgeoning actress? I, she must be. I don't really. I'm not sure to be honest. Mm. Uh, is her last name Chalamet? I believe so. Oof. Yeah, tough one to live up to. Although you know Maggie Gyllenhaal has made quite a name for herself. Totally. She did you watch that movie she made? By the way, I did. I did not like it at I, all. I hated it. Hated it. And it's, it's unwatchable. It just bad. shows you how good of an actor Olivia Coleman is. That she can like act in this movie that makes no sense and it be was really compelling. So structureless. It was, a, it was just a nebulous. What's it called again? The other sister or something? The the daughter something daughter right? The something. Ryan, we we need help, bro. <laughs> Ryan, for God's sake! <laughs> Olivia so Coleman movie on Netflix. Yeah. Okay, so Chalamet plays Joanne. Okay, I'm trying to find out what that role is, but it looks like she spent a lot of time with Pete on camera. Uh, I don't remember. Got it. Yeah. And what was the other question? Oh, uh, the name of the, the name Olivia Colman movie, movie Olivia, on Netflix. That, that Maggie Gyllenhaal wrote and directed, I think. Something about The Lost Daughter. Isn't it The Lost Daughter? The Lost Daughter. Yeah. Good there call. you go. Good call. Yeah. So, dude, okay. The reason why the Pauline thing is important, Timothy Chalamet's sister, is because not only does my girlfriend, like that is that, like her brother is the celebrity crush. So God forbid some situation where he just sweeps her off of her feet. Mm -hmm. And then he's like, oh yeah, my sister told me that like your ex is a loser also. <laughs> <laughs> that thought was just going through my head. Like what's that thing that you say? Like when not only are you missing out on work, but you are also spending money. What's that called? 
you had some word for that. Like by going to a wedding or something, you're missing out on a weekend where you could earn money. Uh, um, you had some phrase for it that was funny. You're like, it's a double whatever. It's a, Yeah, it's... I don't remember what I That's said. That's what that felt like. Me embarrassing yeah. myself in front of these like young successful actors mm. felt like I was burning the candle on both ends or whatever. Yeah, you're getting farther away from Timothy. Yeah. And and by the way, I mean, I don't think there's anyone that I would rather have, let's say, an omelet with right now than Timothy Chalamet. Than T. Chalamet? Just spend two hours in a in a dappled sunlight diner booth eating an egg white omelet. With Timothy Chalamet, that's that's top of my list. I saw him at Tompkins Square Bagels, which is like almost it's like second degree having breakfast with Timothy. Timothy that's Chalamet. pretty good. That's I pretty might good. even trade. Mm, I wouldn't do that. I was gonna say I might consider trading my Harrison Ford for a, a Timothy Chalamet now, but I can't do that. Mm, that's that's my trade. that's my best card. It's a tough trade. Yeah, he looked very cool. He looked like Saturday morning chic. Interesting. Intentionally baggy sweatpants, a t-shirt that was sort of hanging off him nicely. He looked great. He's a fucking stud muffin, that guy. I'll tell you. Julio, did I ever tell you about the time that I uh, got chased out of a girl's apartment by her father? <laughs> what? Yeah. You know, I was, what? I was there and, you know, things were happening and um, her dad came home and, you know, we were we were young. So uh, it was kind of scary, and I went out the window and <laughs> sort of shimmied down the rain gutter. And Jesus, a sheet as a rope? No, I was I was going hand over hand, oh my God. and I I remember to this day that I did not have my pants on fully. I think I had them like one leg in the wrong hole and all of that, and I would have been in so much trouble if they had not been bird dogs. <laughs> <laughs> if I had not they've been wearing bird dogs. They're the best pants from for escaping an enraged father. <laughs> they are. You can put your leg in the wrong hole. They're stretchy enough that they will accommodate the legs however you want to put them in there. You don't have to worry about the underwear. That's uh, it. It's lining built up in. properly with the leg with you, the pant leg. You're not gonna get tripped up on your sprint to freedom. Yep. Hopping fences, jumping bridges, trying to get away. <laughs> I think that's from uh Robin Hood and Little John walking through the forest. You know that that? One? No. from Robin Hood. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, so the point is, uh, I was very glad that I had my bird dogs on that day. And uh, you guys should be, too. You should get some bird dogs. It's our favorite pants, favorite shorts, favorite joggers, everything you need at birddogs.com. Promo code is oops. That'll get you a nice little trinket along with your first purchase. Go to birddogs.com. Use promo code oops. We have I have a Netflix recommendation. Did I make that? I don't know if I've said this on the podcast yet. You correct me if I have or have not. Archive 81. Is it good? Someone recommended it to me since I, by the way, I'm happy. People actually listen to our recommendations, which blows my mind. People loved Marianne. I'm glad you guys checked that out. And they're like, if you like Marianne, you'd like Archive 81. Uh, and it's pretty good. It's a little creepy, but it's good. Oh, is it? Okay. Because I, I will say that Station 11, I did not like at all. I haven't seen it. Just don't watch it. Really? Okay. I didn't like it at all. Is it scary? No. It's just the the pilot was sensational and then it got so much worse each episode after that. And by episode four or five, we gave up. Okay. It was the Let's slowest, weirdest, I don't know. But you know, Ozark, last, mm -hmm. last recommendation, Ozark, the new season's out. What a show. Really? Oh my 
God, I what a show. I, the only drawback is that it is so dense with material that it's a little hard to, you know, you feel stupid. Um, hard to the, follow. The plot is complicated. So you, I, 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 I try to find episode recaps and, and really keep up with it. But even in real time with subtitles on it, it's, it's tough. Um, I, I intend to get to that one eventually. Ryan, what's up? You were about to say. Oh no, I would it. never. Uh, I just started it this week. Oh, sick. it's my favorite show. You've never seen any of it? No, I just started the new the season. New season. This week. Yeah, I haven't finished the new season. I yet. love it. I spent an hour trying to find an accurate recap because it's been almost two years. You need to go back and re- I can send you one. Okay. There, you know, Vulture I think had a really good recap of like seasons one through three, which helped so much to come back into the new season. Yeah, because you go into it, you know, after two years of not watching, a couple things I'm like. Some shows you what need was, that for. What was that about? You need it desperately. Yeah, they have this. a little one at the beginning. After watching like two shitty ones, it's not enough. You saw that great show though. Can't I I read enough. this long one and then I watched a YouTube one where there was like a guy in the bottom left hand corner explaining, almost it. like a sign language <laughs> interpreter, <laughs> telling you what was going on <laughs> as they cut back and on the across the big screen are scenes from the show. And he's showing you big, big shots and and speaking very quickly about what's going That's on. That's helpful. Even then, I, I still yeah, feel like I'm eighty percent of the way there, and I've watched every episode. It is dense, dude. It's the it's the best show. I gotta watch, I gotta check it out. Did you ever finish watching Dark? No, I watched season one and then watched one episode of season two and couldn't keep going. Yeah, that is a show. It reminded me of that was a show that I always needed recaps for. Very, yeah, very complicated. Um. But yeah, Archive 81, very good. My claim to fame, I did a scene with the lead actress. Oh. And on Rami. Interesting. My new Your my, scene in Rami? My new claim to fame. Where you're in the club with him? Where I'm in the club. Um, but it's very good. Also very much enjoying Euphoria still. Mm. Um and yeah, I don't know. I guess that's it for nice one. recommendations. Have you watched the Zach Efron show, Down to Earth? No. I'd be curious to hear what you thought about it. No. I'm pretty impressed by how personable he is mm. for a guy who kind of was like a child star. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. It's sort of like a comes from what's the, what's the term you use for yourself? You're not conservationist. Is that the, I might you, environmentalist. Maybe. Yeah. It, that's yeah. sort of the angle of the show. Okay, cool. It's a little LA and uh-huh. like feel the air shit type of thing. But yeah. there's also like a angle of conservation that I think mm. you might enjoy. I don't know. I don't know if you'd like it. Well, uh, let's, I want to bring this up. Hey guys, just a heads up. Uh, we're about to talk about Joe Rogan, uh, in the episode. And we wanted you to know that we actually recorded this the day before that sort of video compilation came out. So that's the reason why we don't talk about it in the conversation. Uh, we didn't want you to think that we omitted it on purpose. Um, obviously had that video been out when we recorded this episode, the conversation might've been a little bit different. Uh, but we just thought that we still had a productive conversation, so we wanted to use it in the episode and uh, just wanted you guys to know that we weren't doing it on purpose. Um, that's all. Hope you continue to enjoy the episode. I want to bring this up, and I don't know if it will stay in the episode, but I'm curious. I want to hear what you think about what all this stuff that's going on about Joe Rogan. Oh, interesting. And the fact that... um. You know, so many people are, everyone has a really strong opinion about this. Mm. And the fact that he's, you know, being accused certainly of, of spreading 
COVID misinformation on his podcast, and thus uh, musicians, you know, Joni Mitchell, Nils Lofgren, who's the lead guitarist in the E Street Band under Bruce Springsteen, and of course Neil Young have now pulled their music off of Spotify in protest because Spotify is standing behind Joe Rogan. Mm-hmm. Joe Rogan issued his own response to this all, which was, I thought, very kind of uh, thoughtful, but also open-minded and, and warm and, and self-effacing, uh, saying that he promises to try to offer more of a a counterpoint when he has a guest on who has a very strong opinion about one thing, and then he'll bring on a guest to show the other side, mm. um, which I, I thought was very refreshing, but clearly didn't go enough, go far enough to placate the people who are who are really mad about this. And then I read an article in the New York Times from a an op-ed contributor who had her own podcast, and she pulled that off of Spotify. Um, and you know, I had a long. I had a long conversation with my sister about this, mm. um, who has quite strong opinions and, and, you know, she's very smart and I was very happy to go back and forth with her on it. But, um, I want to hear what you think if, if you're willing. Sure. Um, I mean, not being fully, fully informed about the situation. I generally find that Joe Rogan gets a hard time that he doesn't deserve. I do feel that perhaps he does deserve it in this situation. Because the guy on the show was apparently just saying things that aren't true at all, which is like, I understand the angle that there's like dangerous territory there. And I agree with that. I th- I agree with you that his apology was pretty good. And if I were to have been upset about it, which I wasn't like, I wasn't sitting there thinking about this. Um, but I do understand. I do understand the idea that like, you know, this guy has influence and a huge audience. And if he is sort of, and again, I didn't listen to the episode, but if for some reason you're giving a platform to this guy to say a bunch of nonsense, that's a potentially dangerous thing. The same way that like having David Duke on your show, one might argue is not a good idea. It just gives a guy, a, uh, it legitimizes a guy who shouldn't be maybe legitimized or something. So I understand all of that. Um, and I don't know if that, does that make sense? Is that comprehensive enough? Uh, yeah, that's, that's fair. Okay. I think that's totally fair. Um, I just, you know, I really cannot get past the fact that talking about limiting someone's speech in America feels so at odds with what I understand and expect from this country. Um, and to your point, I mean, having David Duke on a podcast, I don't necessarily know that that is a bad thing if you go about it the right way. Um, would we have David Duke? The he's the the Grand Wizard of the KKK, right? Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, would we have him on Oops podcast? No, because that's not who we are. But if let's say we were doing a podcast that was about social commentary and we were interviewing guests from all over the place and all over the map as Joe Rogan does. He's had Alex Jones, but he's also had Bernie Sanders, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, If you have him on and you ask him the right questions and you push back the right way, then you do 
hopefully right. make an impact on somebody. Maybe somebody listening who had been a diehard David Duke fan hears the way that you're asking these questions and you 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 reel that person a little closer to, to a more moderate stance. Or I, I, mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, that seems like wishful thinking to me. But I, I agree with your point. And, and that very well could have been what even happened on that episode. I have no idea what happened on the Joe Rogan episode. I don't know if he was like championing this guy who's like says some very fringe, like stupid shit, quite frankly, just like stupid shit. Yeah. You know, and I don't know if that's what the nature of the episode was to like argue with him or like, I don't know. Like, I, 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 the, I understand the idea of of what people are upset about, but I don't know enough. I just like don't know the specifics. That might sound like a cop out based on what I know. Uh, I I respect the, the Joe Rogan response. Um, you know, yeah. I listen, here's my, here's my, my, again, it just, for me, it comes back to this. Like if Joe Rogan only had 10,000 listeners and he was espousing the same views on COVID and, you know, unproven treatments and saying that the vaccine is bad, whatever it is that, that he is, nobody would care. Right. Nobody would care. Totally. And then therefore it's not an issue of, (laughs) I mean, it's an issue of influence, right? It's an issue yeah, of yeah, influence. Yes. Because they're not it, they're not saying that misinformation is is the problem. They're saying that mi- misinformation in, at the right scale at at the at the at a right. big scale is is wrong. And I don't even disagree with that. Yeah. But I also think that there there have been countless times in American history where we have had things that have put out points of view or information that was bad, that was wrong. Mm-hmm. Whether it was, you know, ra- you know, Jim Crow laws or or racial insensitivities, or you know, I hate to say this, but like, but those, religious organizations that are that are saying that you know, birth control is bad. It's not really the same thing. But but we could okay. It's not just because Jim Crow laws are laws. They're not facts. They're just stupid laws that don't make any sense. It's not like there's a fact about this. However, I'm just going to tell you this thing that's wrong. You know what I mean? Okay. Okay. Well, okay. Then, then, then don't use that example. Use, um, use the religion one, right? Where we say, like, we know that the Catholic church says in, in some ways that, that birth control is a sin, right? And yet science would tell us that birth control vastly lowers the the risk of stds of unplanned pregnancy is is good for you know health mm. in the broader society and all of that of course so we don't tell them that they can't say that because that, even they that, are protected under freedom of religion and freedom of speech true but that even that's different like that is like you have to believe, you know what I mean? I don't know. It's like you have to be part of the religion to care about that. And if you are, then it make, it, it just feels like it's not the same. Fair. You know what I mean? I, I do understand what you're saying. Um, but like with when it comes to religion, it's like I can't put my finger on why it's not the same, but it's just not. Like it's not, like the people are like God says. They're just saying God says something, even though he may or may not, which is different than being like vaccines bullshit. Like. Da da da. You know what I mean? Why? And then saying some shit that isn't true. Yeah, but um, maybe they're citing God, and then maybe people who say I don't like the vaccines, not safe, are citing Joe Rogan or the guy he had on. 
And right. it's all But the guy he had on is an actual guy is the difference. Then God is not an actual guy. God's like, well, he might be, or he's Yeah, but who are we to say who are we to say that someone who <laughs> determines their creed based on a podcast versus based on a book, the Bible I know but, is but what what's better? I it's not about what's better. It's about li- like literally like a tangible there's a tangible person making this rule, whereas this book was created before we were even around. You know what I mean? Like you can discuss this with this guy, whereas you can't discuss it with God. You just talk to a priest who's like, well, God said this. I didn't say it. So we continue to allow sort of the religious side to, to manifest because it's, it's not unprovable. But this isn't about that. Like the religious stuff is like pretty consistent. I didn't know now that there are these like religious groups getting involved and not getting vaccinated, which is just kind of crazy. But that's not what this is about. This isn't about like, this is a new thing. This is like, there's this new vaccine. It's like the church has always said birth control is bad. You know what I mean? Like that's just like been a thing about like morality. There's no morality about the vaccine. There's mm-hmm. no like God pillar that rule about getting vaccinated. That's like not covered in religion really. Got it. Right. I, I, I don't know. I honestly don't this know. This is getting confused. I'm, getting I'm confused. a little, I'm a little lost in the weeds here yeah, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, um <laughs> my, listen this is my point like i agree with you if you're gonna have some guy on who says crazy shit on and he's like here's the, my crazy shit and you're like well dude that's crazy like that's literally wrong look like it's very easy to prove that you're wrong with what you're saying like that doesn't seem too harmful to your point right that feels like a, a, a fair exercise and I, I like the idea of giving multiple points of view and having interesting discussions of course you know you have to argue that is there a place where it's a fair argument to say, is there a place that's so extreme that you no longer should be talking to that person yeah, or not? I, I, I don't, I don't know. But where do you draw the line? Where do you draw the line? That's the tricky thing. Yeah. And unfortunately, you know, I think there was some kind of invisible line that was drawn at X number of downloads for mm-hmm. Joe Rogan. He passed a threshold into a sphere of influence where at that point, you know, it's the Spider-Man quote from Uncle Ben. With great power comes great responsibility. You now are beholden to the 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 clout that you've earned, uh, and and thus you must be more careful. But you know, I it's it's so tricky. I mean, I mean, fundamentally, I just think that misinformation. Well, let's say let's say that information in general is subjective, right? That that not all facts are provable. What? Yes, they are. They're facts. That's the whole point but, of facts. But but they but they shift, right? The science mm-hmm. of COVID has shifted. Right. Right? We we right, did right, think right. a year ago that the vaccine would eradicate COVID. Did we? Yeah. If you get rid th- of it? There are plenty of yes, there's there's it was it was announced that if you get the vaccine it, it limits your risk of, of contracting COVID right. 95%. And of course, right. the virus mutated. Mm-hmm. So the disease has grown. But they said that also. But at the time. Barring mutations. Okay, so they left they room for an that. exemption. They did say that. And they also said, of course, you can still get it, but it will just reduce your risk of dying significantly, which has been extremely true. Absolutely. Listen, I am not, I am no. not counter to the science. I'm just saying that the science has had to reckon with new discoveries right. of the disease. Dude, we are really settling into our dad grass 
uh, routine. Loving the dad grass. What a great way to bring your tension down at the end of a long day. At the jewelry household. We really enjoy puffing on some dad grass. We the free eras. <laughs> I can't say that. I can't implicate her. I, I <laughs> the free eras. I, Francis of the free era household, <laughs> do enjoy to partake free of era the dad grass. Um, dude, it's really great. And, you know, we were talking about this the other day. The routine and the sort of the ritual is is the most almost the most important part of the smoking process. Mm-hmm. And it's much nicer to be able to smoke something much mellower uh, that doesn't make me paranoid and make me think everybody in the room hates me immediately. That's right. Which is what happens when I smoke a bunch of THC. Yeah, mellower vibes are a drop or a toke away with dad grass. They'll take you back to a time when music was on vinyl, Delta <laughs> was an airline, and hipsters were a style of jeans. Sit back, light up, and chill out the old-fashioned way. All Dagrass products are federally legal for ages 18 and over, and it ships right to your door anywhere in the U.S. And right now, Dagrass is offering our listeners 20% off of your first order when you go to dagrass.com slash oops. Go to dadgrass.com slash oops for 20% off your first order. That's dadgrass.com slash oops. Remember this. When the disease first came out, we thought... That it living like it, it would live on surfaces for right. days, right, 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 and then that was disproven. So you know we've just learned more about this, of mm-hmm. course. Right. But the point is, if you had considered that the that the disease will live on a door handle for forty eight hours, a scientific fact, that fact was then disproven, ch- changed. And, and in addition, let's use a simpler example. More more recently. We, we thought if you contracted COVID, you had to quarantine for 14 days. That was then brought down to 10, which was then because brought of down... Because vaccines. Which was brought down to five. Because of vaccines. Great. Right. Whatever it is, right. realities no, of course, change. Yeah. So, but, but these are developments. So the, like, okay, we thought this, but that was wrong. That's fine. But when it comes to like the quarantine time changing, that's not, a cha- that's not changing of facts. It's not like we were wrong about the 14. No. And, Things and, have then just changed. Like things, like there are developments, but, right? Well, is it true that the that taking the vaccine is what l- knocked nine days off? I believe so. Yeah, we the can quarantine. Check. Yeah, I think so. For vaccine, that you're, or did they just realize people. that you're not contagious after five days? The five days thing, I think, is for vaccinated people. But like, all right, fine. But these are like findings and discoveries and shit, and it's like that's better than this guy making Holocaust comparisons, which is what this guy does. Yes, yes. which is so ridiculous. It's like it's unfair to talk about these things like they're that they're fair to discuss. It's like a scientist talking to that guy. Why is a scientist talking to this moron? He has nothing to add to the conversation besides the fact that he's entertaining. The guy on Rogan, the guy Uh who went on Rogan, you know what I mean? Again. So again, I get that it can be entertaining to have these like controversial guys on, but like, I listen, I do think that there is some level of accountability. It's like, if you're, and again, like I'm not sure what was happening in this conversation. So, and I'm sorry if that, again, sounds like a cop out, but like, I do understand the idea of being upset about something like that. I don't think it's like censorship necessarily. You know what I mean? No, it's but like, why are you talking to this bozo? But okay. But what's the middle ground? Because you can't, you can't say that Joe Rogan can no longer speak. Agreed. Totally. Like at the worst for me, from my perspective, it's like, dude, can you at least explain this, which he appears to have done. And to me, it's like all good. Maybe, maybe take down the episode if you want. I don't, I don't really know. I hold Joe Rogan in very high regard. 
I'm always impressed by the way he conducts his podcast. I think he's a great listener. He has amazing questions. I think he's very good at it. And I don't think that that should be discounted. I don't think he has like harmful intentions by any, by any means. And like to a degree, I also think he's like operating on like a higher level than people. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I get that he has like controversial vaccine uh, stances and stuff. But I respect all of that. You know what I mean? Like you could like, I'm in no way an anti-vaxxer, but like I can get behind people not liking vaccines. Like there's people who didn't like vaccines before COVID. So like to me, it's like if you're consistent in that way, like I'm like, fine, you believe what you believe and that's great. You know, I don't know about vaccines in general. I don't know. I don't know where the fuck I'm going with this, but I respect Joe Rogan and I'm not suggesting that like he should be censored, but I also understand the idea of being upset about like the idea of, of spewing dangerous misinformation in an era where it's already affecting us so much the amount of people who are afraid to get the vaccine it's sad dude Mm -hmm. just people who don't know enough about stuff you know what i mean they're like scared like oh the amount of time like all of a sudden you like understand the policy of developing vaccines like all these people they made it so fast like they're just fucking morons dude that's so stupid that's one of the stupidest arguments they spent more fucking money on it this time because they had to hello like it made it go faster if they say it's ready to go you know more than they do it's insane right I'm with you. Okay, this didn't need to become no, this. No, it, it, it did, and <laughs> we're keeping this. Yeah, yeah, no, I will I'm, fight for this information. I'm not, I'm not saying we should take it out. I'm not saying we should take it out. But, you know, things are complicated. I can watch, I'm watching Chris over there like, we're going to have to fucking cut all no, of no, this. No, no, uh, yeah. no. He, no. I see he, his, his agreed frustration at people who, like, don't, who just think they all of a sudden know more than, like, what are these conspiracies? What's the point? Like, why not assume that maybe the government is, like, trying to help out in this situation because it it helps everybody you know, I don't know. yeah i i'm i listen w- listen listen to me when i talk with my sister i'm on the other side and when i talk to you i take the other side i am eternally fascinated by by trying to understand why people have the points of view that they do mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't think that's a, some noble thing. I'm just curious about yeah. it. It's almost like a devilish, f- facet, like flir- mm. flirtatious mind trick that I'm, I'm trying to take on. Yeah. Um, where almost no matter what, I wanna, I wanna see if I can argue from the other side. We, uh, you've seen me do this before. Yeah, we yeah. do this all the time. Um, and uh, you know, of course, of course, I'm on, um, I'm a pro vaccine guy. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, but. I, I'm trying to think what someone would say to you who isn't. And I think they would say, well, the government, what they tell us has not always been in our best interests. Right. And that there are times when we've not heeded their word as law or truth, and it has actually helped society. Mm-hmm. Um, Dude, my buddy Hans gives me a hard time because I'm a Novak Djokovic fan. And he is a notorious sort of anti-vaxxer, but he always has been. And like, to me, I don't even know what his reasoning is, but I bet you if he told me, I'd be like, okay, fine. Like, that makes, like, like, that's like, if you had a problem with, if you always have been like, I don't want to have vaccines in my body, whatever, the human body is blah, 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 whatever the fuck it is you have to say, that to me checks out way more than whatever crazy shit has just started being said during this specific time. If when vaccines were a much lower profile issue, you had issues with vaccines, good for you. Continue the course. Sorry that your life's going to become 
extremely inconvenient now. And Nadal is winning the Australian Open when you should have. That must have been really brutal for him. That was amazing. You know, that must have been hard for him. Yeah. It's like, dude, just fucking get it. But like, whatever. So that reasoning, uh, but uh, to your point, it's interesting to hear what somebody has to say. Because maybe they have a better reason than some of the reasons you're assuming they might. New year, new me. It's never too late. Francis is throwing in New Year's resolutions in February. Trying to grow the pythons. Growing the thons. We did not do a measure of them. We have to do that next we episode. We will, yeah. And we will. But nothing helps feed your python. Mm. Important distinction. Nothing mm-hmm. helps feed your pythons like some delicious magic spoons. That's absolutely right. Fibrous and healthy and delicious. Zero grams of sugar. 13 to 14 grams of protein. And only four net grams of carbs in each serving. 140 calories per serving. Keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb. Build your own box. <laughs> what can you put in there? Dude, the- What fl- sort of flavors do they have, Julio? Oh, well, they have the old cocoa. Okay. And you can build your very own custom bundle, by the way. Cocoa, fruity, frosted, peanut butter, blueberry, cinnamon, cookies, and cream. And- Everyone's favorite. Maple waffle. The MW. The Doug. <laughs> you gotta love it, dude. Uh, they're all delicious, and it's- Perfect for a guiltless midnight snack. That's right, Julio. I've been drinking protein shakes or powder for years, but finally found a delicious way to get my protein before and after workouts, and that's with the Magic Spoon cereal. Magic Spoon, dude. Uh, Go to magicspoon.com slash oops, grab a custom bundle of cereal, and start your new year off right. And be sure to use our promo code oops at checkout to save $5 off of your order. And Magic Spoon's so confident that uh, you're going to like their product. It's back to the 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash oops. Use promo code oops to save $5 off. So here's a question I have, right? We go back to the when the polio vaccine was rolled out. And my understanding is that that was heralded as a far more universal success, you know, life-saving achievement, and everybody got on board pretty quickly. Sure, there were some holdouts, but there wasn't the instant digging in of heels and, you know, I'm not putting that in my body. Who are Mm. you to tell me I have to take this? And I have, there are, I have two thoughts as to why uh, that was such a different kind of acceptance of, okay, we got to get it. And that's it. When did it like start getting rolled out? I mean, it had to have been the fifties. Yeah, I, when did the polio, I, I was polio I was assuming the forties. Fifty five. But that's like the time where America was just like the fifties. Like you fucking loved the government in the fifties in America. Hmm. Is that know? right? I don't know. Maybe not. But like, wasn't that just like Eisenhower? We were fucking awesome. Like, you might it, be right about that. It was pre like sixties activism. Like everybody fucking loved white bread and. We just come out of. Uh, world war ii dominating world war ii and we were out of the great depression and america America was experiencing an economic windfall everyone was having children baby boomers all that yes the greatest generation etc um but here's here's my thought right one is okay polio was such a more debilitating and deadly disease than covid that a solution to it you 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 had to get it yeah right or you just wouldn't be able to walk yes exactly your children it was really bad for children Mm. um so the idea of preventing it it, with anything people were desperate to not to not be 
to be inoculated against uh, polio. But the second piece is there was no Twitter. Mm-hmm. There was no Twitter back then. There was no instant, you know, way to just send misinformation out there. Mm-hmm. It was much harder to to get misinformation out there and yeah. to have a strong opinion that everyone could hear. Right. Um, so I guess my question is, you know, which do you think is more, uh, (laughs) like why, why, why did we get so much more on board with polio? Is it, was it that we just fundamentally trusted the government more back then? And it was pre Watergate. It was pre all these scandals that we've seen, Mm -hmm. um, where America became disenchanted with its government or, uh, was it that there was no social media, there was no Twitter, there was no internet? Good questions. And people weren't, you know, fond of launching out conspiracy theories as much. <laughs> Dude, I, uh, no, I, I, like, I don't know the answer. Mm. I'm not changing the subject. I had a thought about that. Do you want to keep talking about this? No, I'm, I'm happy to move on, and I suspect people are too. No, but yeah, I know what you guys were saying before. Um, the reason why the quarantine change went to five days according to the cdc end of 2021 it was motivated by science demonstrate demonstrating that covid transmission occurs early in the course of illness generally within the first one to two days there's no vaccine thing involved in that not in this blurb but it's from the cdc whatever um yeah interesting but dude uh, i saw Chappelle last night Okay. Um, yeah. He was fucking hilarious. Yeah. So how did you see it? Were you allowed into the showroom? Yeah. Just no, you, Did you have a ticket? No, I just like, I was like texted by some of the people arranging the event. Cool. Um. Anyway, but he said something funny. I mean, he was talking about this a little bit. He was like, <laughs> did you hear like Joni Mitchell and, and Neil Young? Two artists nobody gives a fuck about. Dude, I'm tr- taking their stuff off. Of. I tried a bit. I tried. A, I tried this bit. Oh really? I said Joni Mitchell, Neil Young, and Nils Lofgren are leaving Spotify. I'm really gonna have to rethink my eleven dollar ninety nine cent resubscription fee. Right, right. That's like a playlist you put together when someone close to you has passed away. <laughs> that's that's grieving music. That's funny. That's not you know my Peloton hitting hills ride. That's funny. That was what I had. I don't know. So That's I was good. working on it a little bit. That's good. But um, if Chappelle's doing it, so long. But no, <laughs> but he was talking about. I mean, those those to, that to me isn't even the same thought necessarily. Yeah. Know, whatever. It's, um. Yeah. Whatever. It's basically like who you know. If, if really, if you want us to leave Spotify, you'd have to have Drake take his music. Right. And Bieber and Taylor Swift. The big dogs. Yeah. They'd have to pull it. In. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's topical anyway. Like you're doing yeah, that. exactly. But regardless, uh, he was just talking a lot about the idea of people getting scolded for saying shit and kind of making the point that you are, are arguing just about like how people, you know, it can, it becomes this thing where like people become afraid to be associated with a person who may, may maybe didn't do much or who has like served their time and like, you know, there, there are inadequate sort of like unofficial sentences that people are getting for, they get for things. Totally. You know? Yeah. Um, you're tainted by association. Yeah. Which is, uh, harkens back to McCarthyism. Mm-hmm. And we came out of that, you know, 
realizing like, oh, let's fucking be easier on people a little bit. Yeah. Not witch hunt everyone. Yeah. And like, dude, the like, are they arguing to take Rogan off of the air or like take him off of Spotify or something? That's right. They want Spotify to take him to take him off. That feels yeah. extreme. That feels extreme to me. Even though I I agree, even though I, let's say if I had to say, do I agree or disagree with the like overall what at point? I would say that I am leaning more on the side of agreeing. However, uh, I don't think that that, <laughs> that is just to just take no. him off. Yeah. Um, crazy. We will not be leaving Spotify. <laughs> no, we won't. I I thought about tweeting this morning a joke where I was like, uh, this has not been an easy decision, but we have decided to remove our podcast from all platforms other than Spotify in solidarity with Joe Rogan. I don't know. I don't know. I could, I did I drafted it and then I was like I I would need to check with the team if, if this can fly. <laughs> this is troublesome. Yeah. I mean Dave Chappelle said three or four things that were like shockingly like edgy but were incredibly funny. And I was like, "Oh, this is this feels nice." He's on top of it. He's killing it. He's got his finger on the the pulse of the zeitgeist. He's pretty incredible. Better than anyone, I would say. I really would love to understand his process. Like the way he can just go. He just goes up there with a fucking pack of cigarettes and a giant glass of wine and he just crushes for like two hours. Is it funny the whole time? I watched, or is it meandering I watched 45 minutes and it was hysterical the entire time. And the other times where I've watched him, like I've seen him like on stage on his like third hour of being on stage. Murdering. Really? He's the only, to be honest, he's the only guy I've ever really seen do it. Because I've seen other guys work it out, and he, those guys they have lulls. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't appear to ever have them. Well, he's got that thing of 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 blurring the line between comedian and philosopher, which George Carlin did too. Yeah, I'm here. And for so it. did Richard Pryor. And you know where you can listen not just because it's funny, but because it's interesting. Yeah, you think you're learning something, and and I've always found that from him. Um. And it's a level of kind of intelligence that uh, I don't know, man. I don't know how you how you get there. It's got to be be years and years of of thinking to get there. But I, I do take solace in watching very old clips of Dave Chappelle. I mean, his earliest specials, which I adored. Yeah, you know, I'm dying up here, killing him soft. No, sorry, I'm killing killing him softly. Where it was a lot of like weed jokes mm-hmm. and you know, white my white friend driving white privilege right. stuff like that, um, where there were less prevailing messages and it it felt like it was more set up punchline a, a structure we're we're more familiar with. But um, now it's just morphed into this kind of omniscient, yeah, cultural bird's eye view that I just can't even begin to fathom. Mm. Yeah, he's on definitely like achieved a pretty high level. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, but it was cool. I mean, it was it's always it's nice it's always inspiring to just watch somebody being really good at comedy. It just makes me want to do it more. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. If I'm ever in like a funk, it just always helps. I'm I've burst out of my funk, by the way, if anybody's wondering. Oh I've been very active this week. I've been out and about. What a boy. Feels good. And, you know, I feel like the January sort of sacrifices felt like like helped and and all the things i'm trying to do are are working so it's, i'm happy okay interesting 
What are you doing? Editing, <laughs> mostly. Yeah, you're working. I'm editing, uh, but just, you know, just like little things. Like, like I, I haven't fallen behind in any life category. You know what mm, I mean? Except nice. for maybe socializing and drinking, which are important categories. Um, but, you know, like just <laughs> the fucking, the house is clean. Like my stuff is all, I, I don't know how to, how to describe it necessarily, but everything just feels orderly. That's good. You know? That's great, man. Uh, that's a good feeling. Look, we're all adults here, and some of us just choose to use nicotine to relax, focus, or just unwind after a long day. Lucy Nicotine is a company that was created to help nicotine users find a cleaner option and feel better about the way that they consume nicotine. Their latest product is the Slim Nicotine Pouches, which contain pure synthetic nicotine and provide the same satisfaction that nicotine users expect without any tobacco at all. Mm. It's a nice, clean sort of... uh, low maintenance way to get to to get your nicotine yeah the clean mean nicotine machine (laughs) comes in three strengths four eight and twelve milligrams and they're three exclusive and delicious flavors spearmint mango and cool cider it's a nice thing to toss in my lip when i'm uh when i'm editing you know what i mean it's a nice kind of like relaxing thing um that won't make you feel too bad about it that's right so Uh, in 2021 don't compromise when you're choosing your nicotine products go with the newest tobacco-free options from lucy oops the podcast listeners guys go to lucy.co and use promo code oops to get 20 percent off your order of lucy slim pouches or any other lucy products that's lucy.co and use promo code oops at checkout also i have to give this disclaimer warning this product contains non-tobacco nicotine nicotine is an addictive chemical lucy.co and be sure to use that promo code oops anyway do you want to, want to do a couple emails here sure thing uh, you know i do dodge. good good uh you know you never know what you're gonna get on oops the podcast guys sure don't dude i was i was reminiscing about that clip about that was a good one the one where we were talking about the girl in the frozen yogurt store do you remember that one where she screwed up your she order just kept god that up. was so funny that was a good one dude. i was laughing so <laughs> you were hard laughing at that. so hard dude i always know too when one of our clips is good because one of us is laughing really hard and i'll hear hill dog watching the clip and laughing in the other room and i'm like oh that's a winner dude, the way she kept being like uh she kept being i'm sorry i'm having, I'm a, having a rough day, day. <laughs> it's like how does that translate to not understanding direct simple instructions about toppings I know, dude. So fucking funny. Um, all right. Anyway, it reminded me of it reminded me of two bits. Which one? What a Tom Segura bit and a and a Nate Bargatze bit. The Segura one is from his first special that I think put him on the map, where he talked about he went and tried to order a coffee or something, and they're like, "We don't have that." <laughs> and then he was like, or he he, he tried to hand her twenty dollars or something, and she's like, "We don't have change." He's like, now what do we do? And they were just stuck. <laughs> they because he was stuck. Um, and then the next one was the Nate Bargatze, of course, the the cup of milk on ice. I don't. I haven't. I haven't seen it. Is it in the? I think it's his his first big special too. It's like his a bit that he's famous for. Okay. Where he like ordered, he went to Starbucks and said he wanted a certain coffee. And they screwed up his order and just put milk over ice and handed it to him. He's like, I don't think anyone's ever ordered that. You you have to be crazy to order something like that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That is a crazy order. All right. Email time. Okay, let's do that. This one is called, what's up? Okay. 
Um, this one is called My Annual Valentine's Day Dilemma. Mm. This is timely. Ooh, that's, is that, that's coming up. For all the lovers out there. Coming on up. Brenton and Julio, huge fan of the pod. Love seeing right. you all live. I'm excited to see what you all have in store yeah, as okay. the pod continues to grow. Base camp show. When? Ooh. I like that. Nice. Um, okay, I'm writing this in regards to a unique dilemma that I face every year on Valentine's Day as a guy. As Julio mentioned in a recent episode, the four key events of a year in a relationship where you should consider a gift for your girl, Valentine's, Christmas, anniversary, and her birthday. However, the dilemma is I face that my birthday is Valentine's Day. Ooh. <laughs> I've tried various approaches to this over the years, but nothing seems to work perfectly. What's your advice on how to handle this? Should I defer to her on celebrating Valentine's Day, possibly moving my birthday celebration to another date, or have I unlocked the ultimate Valentine's trump card? Um, let me see. Some good questions in there. Yeah, I think it's pretty good. Um, what uh, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, he certainly deserves a better present than she does. <laughs> Birthdays are such a bigger, they're higher on the hierarchy of presents than Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day to me is is just chocolates or flowers or both. That's it. Mm-hmm. You don't need to give jewelry on Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. Maybe a mixtape. <laughs> here's the here's the mix yeah, but tape. but if it's you know birthday, <laughs> you 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 get a sweater, right, right, or a, a a new scooter or something. So I I wonder too because you're right. I think it's not that confusing from a gift giving perspective, but it is a little confusing from like a significance perspective. Now I think Valentine's Day is one of those holidays that we pretend we all hate, but if you do nothing on it, you're like a heartless brute. Mm. You know what I mean? If you're like, but we said we hate Valentine's Day. Right. Your girl's like not going to be happy with that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, I know we said that, but now it's the push has come to shove and you didn't do anything and you suck. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so it's like, how do you balance those two things out? Because it's like, even if you choose to celebrate your birthday on the weekend, say if Valentine's Day is the 14th of February, right? Is it always a Monday? Yeah, right. So this year. So this is the thing. So like, Valentine's Day is the day that it is the same with that your birthday is. So it's like... Dude, it's the day after the Super Bowl this year. That's crazy. That's actually perfect. Is this? Kind of, because you can just have sort of like a a uh, a meal. What, what's that called? Like a feel-good meal? Clean out. Comfort uh, food. Comfort food? When you're hungover with your girl, you know, massage mm. each other's tummies. You know what I'm oh, talking about. Okay. Um, but dude, like, like having Valentine's... You can't I don't know push- if I've ever had my tummy massage. It's nice. Just rubbed or massage? Just, just rubbed. Okay. Yeah, that's not like nice. massage. Yeah, that'd be fucked up. <laughs> but dude, okay, but you, like you can't celebrate Valentine's Day on the weekend. Valentine's Day gets celebrated on Valentine's Day. To your point, it's not significant enough to move it. However, if your birthday is Monday, but we're going to celebrate it this weekend on the actual birthday, where you're not going to acknowledge this the birthday, how do you find the balance there? Mm-hmm. It's a little bit confusing. Mm-hmm. You threw a lot at me there, Sorry. and I honestly, it, 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 I sort of blacked out for a second. Wait, go back and ask. What's the question? <laughs> it's saying how do you how do you appropriately celebrate a birthday and Valentine's Day when it's on the same day? What do I think, you do? I think Valentine's Day is a total afterthought. Your birthday is your birthday, dude. You were born that day. You're the little baby That's with true, the bow yeah. and arrow. You're that. You're the pretty sweetheart boy. Yeah, and but, you deserve uh, to be celebrated more than some stupid saint who fills the aisles of Rite Aid with pink nonsense and 
the one redeeming candy, the the Reese's Hearts. Those Reese's Hearts are pretty good. They're really fucking good. Those are good. All Reese's novelty items that yes. have come out seasonally are delicious. That's true. Christmas trees. Oh, yeah. Pumpkins. Easter eggs. Yeah. All mm. fucking fire. Dude, um, but the, my point, I'm agreeing with your point, which is what makes this more complicated. Valentine's Day is not significant enough to like move it or something. Yeah, so you write her a card, you get her a little candy, you maybe a, a, a dozen roses and say happy birthday, or excuse me, happy Valentine's Day. Or maybe you sprinkle those rose petals on the bed and go lie down for what you deserve, which is, you know, to ejaculate. It's your birthday. <laughs> but you, but on Valentine's Day, potentially, you could argue that too. You don't deserve that on Valentine's Day. What? Valentine's Day is romantic. Like, you, you deserve it together. That's the beauty of it. She deserves to ejaculate too. I, I guess that's true. I don't. You know, I, I think it's not as certain that you're both going to have the Valentine's Day sex as it is that you'll have birthday sex. I don't agree. Well. I think it's, I think you assume you're going to get it on both days. And I would, dude, I would argue it's more important to have a Valentine's Day. You're, you're, Julio! <laughs> what? I'm serious. If you don't have it on Valentine's Day, if I were to have a Valentine's Day where I just didn't have sex, I'd be like, is our romance fading? You would be more troubled by that than on your birthday? Yeah, because if it's my birthday, I don't have sex. It's my fucking birthday, dude. I don't have to have sex on my birthday. I have to have sex on Valentine's Day. <laughs> you have to have sex on Valentine's Day, dude. Hang on a second. Wait a second. Wait, wait, wait. Let's, let's rewire this. So, but, it, but the, 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 the problem, the problem is not whether or not you want to, but whether or not she comes to you and says okay birthday boy special day birthday boy so you you know if you, what if it was like she's not thinking oh we're gonna have sex today valentine's day versus your birthday what's more what's more troubling to you i mean i think it's a game it ultimately ends up being a game time decision regardless like but but like the yeah, game of course that's just consent but the game time, yeah but dude but the game time decision being like i think you you plan for sex for valentine's day but for birthday it can kind of just be whatever mm. like if i like say if, we're like tired or something like i don't feel pressured to need to like become to be a gamer on my birthday if i don't want i would think that my <laughs> my lady would would probably expect that there was going to be hanky panky happening uh to to honor me that's nice of her to more assume. on my birthday than on but keyword is my birthday yeah it's your birthday you get to pick what you want to do it's not about if she wants to have sex with you and you don't now you're in trouble whose birthday is it i don't even know if we're <laughs> go disagreeing. put your sweatpants on <laughs> <laughs> let's 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 shift it one more time yeah the day that she's more likely to wear lingerie for for you i think both i think equally both days. no chance julio i think both days. birthday okay may, okay may, all right fine maybe more or maybe more likely because it's the birthday and it's like your little treat it's treat but the Ro but the valentine's treat. day is a celebration of romance dude to me it's an underrated holiday 
People are like, oh, it's stupid. It's a commercial holiday. They made it to make us buy shit. What are you buying, dude? One of those fucking stupid boxes of candy hearts that cost a dollar? Like, shut up. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, it's a mm. nice thing that, that shouldn't be poo-pooed, I believe. I poo-poo. I like Valentine's Day. I think Halloween is stupid. It's I fun. Love Halloween. It's fun, but it's not important. I agree. I like it too, but it's not as important. Like Valentine's Day is important, dude. I don't. I don't. I don't know that it is. Do you even know who Saint Valentine was? No, me neither. But it doesn't matter. Well, I know the story of Christmas. I know the story of my birthday. <laughs> Do I you can, though? I can tell you. I don't tell. even know the story of Christmas. What's the story of Christmas? You don't know the story of Christmas? No. What are you talking about? You What's do. the story of Christmas? Of like Jesus, Jesus being was born? born in the manger. Okay, okay and- fine, fine. But I thought, never, okay, fine, sorry. I forgot. I don't know why I, I some my brain went to the story of Santa Claus that I don't know. I said, so it's well, a that's Danish the commercialization guy. Yeah, right. Of Christmas. Okay, yeah. Okay, sorry. I do know the story of Christmas. I sound like a, I sound like a fucking moron. Yes, I know nativity scene, Jesus, the three wise men. I know. Yeah. Yeah, now we're talking. Parapapum-pum. Parapapum-pum. <laughs> it's nice to talk about Christmas. Even though it's a long way off. <laughs> Getting me excited about it. Valentine's Day. Mm. I think for Valentine's Day this year, show <laughs> your loved one you love them and fucking go do something romantic and then go, you know, shack up. Okay. Make it happen. That's fine. I can live with that. Whoopity dippity. But if my birthday were on Valentine's Day, I would expect the sex to behoove me more than if it were just for valentine's day does that make sense but bro you sound like a guy who's been married 40 years like you can have sex again with your fucking wife it's not yeah, like you just get laid there's once sex a year, for dude. you both and then there's sometimes sex that's just more for her and then there's sometimes sex that's just more for you and you think birthday sex is that sex? yeah that and and okay and valentine's day sex should not be that sex i think I think that's in both of you sex. Yeah, but if it's your birthday, <laughs> birthday is the rock to the Valentine's Day scissors. Agreed. I agree. I agree with that. I agree with that. Birthday usurps Valentine's Day. I agree with that. I agree with that. But and, and to the so okay, if this is so important, you know what I mean, which it may be, you definitely are getting la- sexy lingerie if it's your Valentine's birthday. Hundred percent. Okay, you're getting yeah. sexy. Yeah, I, th- I would think so. You're getting a yeah mm, something pink with a little lace rabbit tail on it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, for good luck. You're getting that fun situation. Crotchless panties, so you don't even have to take them off. <laughs> Dude, I would be honest. The first time I ever experienced that, like gift, it's your special boy day lingerie. I was I was shocked. I had never experienced it before that. You know, Raina told me that. She's heard guys say, like, what's the point of lingerie? We're just taking it off anyway. I like it. Who are these idiots? Yeah. Who are these buffoons? That's stupid. I've never... Lingerie is amazing. Yeah. Amazing. And it's always a surprise. You don't see that coming. Lingerie is fun. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know if we helped this guy at all. (laughs) No, that was... uh, That was a cat's cradle of logic. That's a, it's truly a tough one. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But I think that maybe a good answer is if you don't give a fuck about Valentine's Day, if you guys don't, which I encourage you to, but it might be it might be convenient to just like make Valentine's Day not important. To your point, birthday is definitely more important. Mm-hmm. But it sucks to not to get to experience both days. But you got to figure it. Out. Okay, we can live with that. Uh, happy Valentine's Day, everybody. 
Happy birthday to that gentleman. Uh, happy Oops the Podcast to you all. We are, are in cities near you very soon. I'll be in Rutherford, New Jersey, I think it's called. Yeah, Rutherford, New Hasbro Jersey. Heights. Yeah, but it's also... Part think, of Rutherford? I think so. Okay. Um, February 18th and 19th at Bananas Comedy Club. And then my big New York City, big New York City headlining weekend is at Gotham Comedy Club, April 8th and 9th. Those tickets are going to go. Go to FrancisEllis.com. You'll find them there. Uh, and I added another show in Panama City Beach, Florida, Damn, by the way. Damn, bro. I'm the fucking man on, on the panhandle. Manama Beach. <laughs> the manhandle. Manama City. Um, the, so I added another show, February 27th. This one's going to be at Longboards Restaurant and Bar, mm. Panama City Beach, Florida. Uh, the night before, is it Harpoon Harry? Nice. Panama City Beach, Florida. Come see your boy in action. Yeah. Let's do it. Hell yeah. All right. That's it. Thank you. We'll see you soon. Bye.